Happy Easter. Jesus is risen from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. He is risen as he said. Alleluia, alleluia. My brothers and sisters, just to show that every time we read sacred scripture, we hear something new because it is God's living word, which means it's active and effective. Our gospel passage today is the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, he never refers to himself. He always refers to himself as the beloved disciple or the one whom Jesus loved. It was an act of humility. However, in today's Gospel, we learn a little about John, the beloved disciple, that I've never noticed before. Some of you might know that I'm a runner. Some of you know that I'm a little competitive. Some of you might have been raised in a home where there were sibling rivalries and a competitive nature. Some of you are looking actually at your siblings right now. Who will get more eggs at the egg hunt today? <laughs> Listen to this. This is so awesome. So John is the author of this gospel, and he is the other disciple. Four times he's going to crush Peter in this gospel passage. Please listen to this. So Peter and the other disciple went and came to the tomb. They both ran. 5K run. But the other disciple ran faster than Peter. And he arrived at the tomb first. Bent down, saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that was covered with his head. Not with the burial cloths, but in a separate place. Then the other disciple went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first. That is awesome. Like, we have, like, names for certain the apostles. We're like, Peter, the first pope. Judas, the betrayer. The doubter. John, the winner. <laughs> Happy Easter. My dear brothers and sisters, last night, six people received sacraments for the first time. And it was glorious. I'd like to tell you a little bit about these six individuals, particularly... How these six individuals got to the baptismal font, to the altar, and to the fullness of God's grace. One of them was a Jew. She was a Messianic Jew. Her husband, a fallen away Catholic. They had been seekers seeking the truth. The two of them had read more books and studied more theology than I think some priests. They called me this summer and said, we need to meet with a priest. We believe that God wants us to live our Catholic faith. So I meet with this woman who has embraced Judaism and is a Messianic Jew. And through studying Scripture and studying Scripture scholars has been thoroughly convinced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is alive, and that the church, the Catholic Church, is his bride. 
And she wanted Jesus. Last night, this woman received the body and blood of her Savior and her Messiah and her Redeemer into her body in Holy Communion. A few years ago, I think it was about three, a young man, a member of our parish, got engaged. Raised in a very good family, he lived his faith to the full. And he brought his fiance deeper and deeper into her relationship with Christ. The two of them, I remember specifically speaking to the two of them, and they said, Father, we want our wedding mass to be nothing but beautiful. We want people to be converted when they come to our wedding mass. Because that's what it's about. Little did they know what would happen. The bride's father, unbaptized, raised in an anti-Catholic family, was so moved by their wedding that he chose, after being convinced by his daughter and his now son-in-law, to have his marriage convalidated. His wife became a daily communicant. And last night with his wife at his side and his daughter and son-in-law in the congregation was baptized and given eternal life. Eight years ago when I arrived here at All Saints Parish, a high school senior approached me. His girlfriend was on fire for the faith. And the summer before I arrived, she invited him to go to a Steubenville youth conference. He was unbaptized. His parents were both fallen away Catholics who did not have their children baptized. He fell in love with Jesus and met Jesus and was so alive with the reality that Christ was present in the Eucharist that he wanted nothing more than to receive him. So a high school senior, every single Thursday night, came to RCIA classes. And at St. Martin's of All Saints Parish, he was baptized eight years ago at the Easter Vigil. His younger sister has watched him, and now that girlfriend from high school, his now wife that I married in the midst of COVID, and now the two of them have conceived their first child, his younger sister wanted what he had. She wanted joy. She wanted hope. And she wanted eternal life. And so eight years later, this young man had his hand on the shoulder of his sister as she was baptized and as their parents looked on. There is another man, married to his wife, unbaptized. She herself began a faith journey about 10 years ago, and through study and prayer found herself convinced that the Catholic Church was where she was called to.
They baptized their children and raised them in the faith. But he himself never entered in. He became very close with all of her friends who were actively engaged Catholics. And those friends began to pray for him and began to fast for him. And through their witness, last night he was baptized. Many of you know that we have an active youth ministry program here at All Saints, and I think sometimes we think about youth ministry as just as this way that we try to keep kids from leaving the Catholic Church or try to keep kids from falling away or going into the darkness of the world, and we just want to keep our kids Catholic. That's not why we have youth ministry. We have youth ministry to create disciples that will go out and evangelize their friends and change the world. And last night that happened. A high school senior last night was baptized. Because her friends do more than just wear Jesus t-shirts. They actually share the faith. This young girl was unable to attend RCIA classes. So Lucy Hirth, our youth minister, would meet her before school at the BP and teach her about Jesus and bring her into the faith. the last of those to be baptized last night was also a high school senior. One of our parishioners received a full-ride scholarship to Duke University for football. His parents were ecstatic and they told me the news. I informed them, did you know that as the Catholic priest I'm to be written to the contract for 10%. (laughs) A few months later, they told me that their son had changed their mind. And he had made the decision to leave Duke and to go to Purdue. For you IU fans, it's okay. They invited me over to the house for a little celebration about the decision. I stopped by, and they said, I'm sorry our son is late from practice, and just so you know, he's bringing his best friend with him. I said, great, that's fantastic. And they said, just so you know, his friend comes from a pretty rough life. So we ask you to be gentle. His best friend was a full-ride scholarship athlete for Louisville. As he walked into the house, I began small talk with him, but as you know how it goes with me, things went pretty fast. Both of them, 12 years of Catholic education. Both of them. So at one point, I looked at the young man and I said, "Um, so what parish do you belong to? And he looked at me, a little downcast and embarrassed, and he said, I don't belong to a church. I said, so I just want to clarify here. You're a senior in high school. You've been through 12 years of Catholic education, and you don't belong to any church at all? He said, no. So I said, you're not baptized? He said, no, I've never been baptized. So I said, 
do you want to be baptized after 12 years of Catholic education? And his face lit up, and he looked at me directly in the eyes, and he said, I would love to be baptized. I said, why are you not baptized then? He said, no one has ever asked me. I said, well, I could take care of that for you. And he said, does that mean when I go to Mass, I wouldn't have to go like this anymore? In the communion procession? I said, yeah. I said, do you believe in Jesus? He said, yeah, I pray to him every night. I said, well, one day you'll do more than pray to Jesus. You will receive him. And that's what happened last night. In every single one of these stories, whether it be through intellectual study, whether it be through a daughter, a son-in-law, and a wife, whether it be through a brother, whether it be through a group of friends, whether it be through youth ministry, God invited all of them, and they responded. I told them last night, I said, listen, in this church, on this most sacred night, your life is being changed. What is happening is real. Your sins are forgiven. You are being made a daughter and a son of God. Your life is being altered for the rest of eternity. But I'm just going to tell you, when you walk outside this church door, the rest of the world will not have changed. Your co-workers and your friends and your classmates on Monday will be the same. But you will have changed. And I will tell you that it will be hard. You see, my brothers and sisters, many of us have fallen for a false understanding of Christianity. And that is an idea of Christianity that if I believe in Jesus, if I follow Jesus, well then everything in my life is going to be good. If I believe in Jesus, if I follow Jesus, then my whole life will be blessed. If I believe in Jesus and I follow Jesus, then everything is just fine. But that's not Christianity. This is a children's Bible. Some of you, as little kids, remember books like this. The problem is is that this is not the Bible. But for many Christians, this is the only encounter that they have, is learning about Jesus as a child. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us. Jesus has a plan for you. We don't ever hear the entire gospel. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Father Mike Schmitz. If you haven't heard of Father Mike Schmitz, you probably should. He has the number one podcast on Apple Podcasts out of everything, not just in like the religion category. The number one listened podcast in the world is Father Mike Schmitz called the Bible in a Year podcast. It might be a great thing to do on Easter Sunday is to sign up for a Bible in a Year podcast. What you do is every single day, you just listen to him read the Bible, and then in one year, you've heard the entire Bible proclaimed. 
I was on a retreat two weeks ago with Father Mike Schmitz. It was a, a retreat for priests. And Father Mike Schmitz was talking about this podcast. And he said, My dear brothers, doing this podcast has been amazing. It's really simple. I just turn on, I press a button for a microphone, I read the Bible, and then I turn the microphone off. That's all I do. But I have received countless and countless of emails and feedback. He says he can divide them into two categories. And the scary thing is that these two categories are equal. The first category is what you would think, right? Father, thank you so much for doing this. This has changed my life. Thank you so much for doing this. This has changed my life. I've never understood how much God loves me. Thank you so much for doing this. What's the other category that is just as large? This is not the God that I know. Listening to you read the Bible... This is not the God that I know. This is not the God that I was taught about. I don't like the God that I hear about. Where did those responses come from? If you begin to read the gospel, if you begin to read the gospel, if you begin to read the entirety of the Bible, what will you hear about? Death, bloodshed, war, adultery, incest, hate, revenge. And God doesn't take it all away. You see, there's a false version of Christianity that if you believe in Jesus, everything in your life will be fine. If you believe in Jesus, you'll have lots of money. If you believe in Jesus, all your problems will go away. That's not the gospel. Jesus did not come and take away our suffering. He came to transform our suffering. He didn't come to remove our pain. He came to redeem our pain. Authentic Christianity is this. That Jesus looks at you in the face. He looks at you in the eyes and he says, if you want to follow me, if you want to belong to me, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. And if you follow Jesus, where will he always lead you to? To Golgotha? to Calvary, and to the crucifixion. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Believing in Jesus does not take away our suffering. It transforms it. It doesn't remove our pain. It redeems it. But through the cross, there is hope, and through the cross, there is endurance, and through the cross, there is perseverance, and through the cross, there is an empty tomb that lies on the other side for you and for me. The things that transform our lives is suffering. It's how we grow in all ways. If you evaluate your life, if you examine your heart, you will see that it is through suffering that your life has been transformed. How did you get good grades in school? The discipline and the sacrifice of study. How did you get good at athletics? The discipline and the sacrifice of working out. How did you give birth to your children? 
the discipline and the sacrifice of childbearing? How did you raise good children? The discipline and the hard work of raising children. My brothers and sisters, Jesus did not come to take away all of our problems and all of our suffering. He came to be with us in the midst of them. He didn't come to take away our pain. He came to be with us so that in our pain, we would know that we are not alone. But that he is willing to be with us on the cross and to lead us with hope to the resurrection. These past few weeks, Father Mayen and I have commented several times that we've at times felt like prisoners of the confessional. We have had lots of things to do these past few weeks, and we have like wanted to get out of the confessional, and we'll ask someone, like, uh, how many people are out there? And they're like, 15? They're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I will tell you that when I'm in the confessional, and someone comes to the confession and says, Bless you, Father Fry, so my last confession was 15 years ago. And they make a good confession. I'll often say to them, Your sins are forgiven. You have experienced freedom. God loves you more than you could ever imagine, and your life is changed. But you need to know right now that outside that door, our world has not changed. And the temptations that led you to where you're at today are still out there. But be not afraid. Because you have changed. And because of that, you are called to go and change the world. So do not be afraid. Live the freedom. It will not be easy. But it will be worth it. Christianity is not easy. Christianity is not a G-rated movie. It involves suffering and toil and trial, but it is how we become fully alive. My brothers and sisters, as I said to the catechumens and the candidates last night, that world out there, it is a dark place, but you have the light of Christ. And the way that it will change is by you living your call to the full. The way that people will come to baptism, the way that people will come to faith, the way that your husband, your wife, your children, your daughter-in-law, your son-in-law, your classmate, your co-worker, and your friend will come to the gospel is through your witness of perseverance and endurance and trial with hope and joy in the resurrection. And that is what our world needs. And that is what this Easter Sunday gives us the promise of. So my brothers and sisters, may we trust not in the God who came to take away suffering or take away pain, but a God who came to transform and redeem the crosses in our life. That we stay close to him and find an empty tomb. And one day, may our tomb be empty in the resurrection of the dead, when Christ promises to come again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.